The views and opinions expressed on WXOJLP are solely those of the original hosts of their respective programs. These views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Valley Free Radio Incorporated, its volunteers, or any other hosts, guests, or programs on this station. Good evening. Welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. WXOJLP. 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow. I'm hosting tonight. I'm joined by Sue Timberlake. <gasps> Hi there. Hi there. <laughs> and John Roberts, who's, you know, pressing buttons, trying to get the get the darn things to work. <clears throat> He's trying to, trying to keep us in sync with the one sacred timeline. And, uh, yeah, so we're here to talk about uh, some cool stuff, but uh, before we get into that, I do just want to say that we love to hear from our listeners, and you can get in touch with us in a few different ways and do that. So uh, on email, it's uh, civilpoliticsradio at valleyfreeradio.org, at civilpoliticsfm on Twitter, and Civil Politics Radio is our community on Facebook. So uh, also we have our own website, which is quite simply civilpoliticsradio.com. And that is uh, got recordings of previous episodes of the show and supplemental episodes and other kinds of things we talk about. It's all good. So, um, yeah, uh, I, I the, the thing that uh, um, uh, struck me this week, because, you know, last week we spent some time talking about uh, how uh, conservatives are uh, willfully up in arms and misunderstanding uh, critical race theory. And Jonah did an excellent explanation. Yeah. And uh, uh, the uh, General Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, actually was asked about it at a congressional hearing this week. And he. Uh, Magnificent, his job. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And you got a quote there, right, Jonah? Thank you, gentlemen, for joining us today. I know my time is very precious, but I would like to yield some of my time to General Milley because I know that he had some comments that he wanted to make when Representative Gates was talking as well uh, as Mr. Waltz about a similar subject of the stand down and, and race theory. Would you like a minute or so to comment on that? Do you remember what we were, what your line of questioning or thought was there? Um, sure. Um, first of all, on the issue of critical race theory, et cetera, I'll, I'll obviously have to get much smarter on whatever the theory is. Um, but I do think it's important, actually, uh, for those of us in uniform to be open-minded and be widely read. And the United States Military Academy is a university. Uh, and it is important that we train and we understand. Uh, and I, I want to understand white rage. And I'm white. And I want to understand it. So what is it that caused thousands of people to assault this building and try to overturn the Constitution of the United States of America. What caused that? I want to find that out. I want to maintain an open mind here, and I do want to analyze it. It's important that we understand that because our soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, and Guardians, they come from the American people. So it is important that the leaders now and in the future do understand it. I've read Mao Zedong. I've read, I've read Karl Marx. I've read Lenin. That doesn't make me a communist. So what is wrong? with understanding, having some situational understanding about the country for which we are here to defend. I completely agree with uh, the, the, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. That's Brilliant. not something I totally expected to happen. Yeah, Reasoned. Yeah. Logical. Yeah. 
It's all good. Well, uh, 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 <laughs> a number of, uh, you know, conservative commentators uh, don't think so. And some, you know, Congressman Matt Gates. I think they the- probably didn't listen or they were they were hard of hard of listening. Yeah, not hard of hearing. So, well, and um, I just want to point out that all last year and the year before and the year before that and the year before that, that we um, we often started with, oh, my God, what a what a week. Where do we even begin? Yeah. And um, I don't know. It just feels like there's kind of a, a, a I'm not going to say progressive, but a progress, a, you know, sort of natural unfolding of things. Bills get considered. Bills get debated. You know, Chief, Joint Chiefs of Staff explain things in a way that makes perfect sense, especially if you've been through a military academy. You know, it just it feels like we're starting to, you know, the wheels are starting to turn again on the uh, the. Um, very special United States of America. Well, certainly President Biden doesn't sort of announce things through uh, rants on Twitter at 3 a.m., so that's a nice change. Well, he doesn't negotiate with the media. He's negotiating with the people he should negotiate with. So, yeah, it's a very, it's, it's like, well, and I'm much older than you guys, so for some, for, for me, it just feels more sort of like what I'm used to. Um, I don't know if that feels that way to you guys as well. So, but I do believe in American exceptionalism. Exceptionalism. Really? And what's exceptional about us? <laughs> I think we can correct when we go off track. And other countries can't? They try. I think we try. But, then what's exceptional about us? Oh, well, because we make humongous mistakes. Isn't that what Winston Churchill said? We try all the other ways first before we... I France that. doesn't make humongous mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, Churchill said something like, Am- <laughs> Americans will always do the right thing, but only after they've tried everything else first. Yeah, like exactly. That. Yeah. yeah, that makes that sense. That is exceptional. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're a bunch of screw-ups that keep going. <laughs> With that year that the Red so Sox won, finally won. 2004? Um, yeah, and they were, you know, they were, I forget what they called each other, but it was really goofy what they were calling themselves. They were saying cowboy up. Yeah. So, anyway. ah. so what's exceptional about us? So precisely that. I think, because, well, and what, also. What, that we're huge screw-ups, but we keep yeah, going? Well, and also that we, unlike Have you many, met the English recently? <laughs> many countries, um. And we did do really horrible things to the Indians, and part of my family is Indian, as you guys know. But um, I think that we integrate or we try to integrate all kinds of different cultures, and it and it is very different. It's it's like there isn't a national culture. I mean, I think people try and say that there is, but I think that we're actually – we have quite a blend, an interesting blend of people and cultures. And when we're good, we're really, really good, and when we're bad, we're really bad. So. Anyway, so that's what's exceptional about us, from my perspective, anyway. Cool. <laughs> I'm waiting for the the hand grenade, but okay. <laughs> you know, you know what what American exceptionalism really comes from. Uh, uh, our undying positivity, optimism, and our our national obsession with uh, with optimism. And I'm not saying that as a compliment. Okay. This is. We we think that we are awesome, and this time it'll be different. And yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, we think we're the best. We are awesome. We've done so much. We do everything. Like in yeah, the Team America song from yeah. back in the Team America World Police. Yeah, team, like, America. Team. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the, I mean that 
and and in some ways that is exceptional like we like other other people like have people a little from, humility people <laughs> from other countries come here and are confused because we're so happy and even when we're depressed where we we feign happiness we drive fast cars uh, and- <laughs> yeah we 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 are in love with the idea of america so much that the reality of america gets run over and the probably the, by a hummer <laughs> with all kinds of flags on or the back. A, or a <laughs> truck nuts or a, truck nuts that's my what favorite is the thing when, when when people are 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 carried by like a bunch of people the time oh, on a litter or a oh, mush, litter. Yeah, mush, yeah. mush pen yeah a, <laughs> like, like, like a yeah. like a litter like run a over sedan like chair no, yes. no, no. People, no. I'm saying like no, what, like ma- the thing when you're lying down on a, like a bed and they're carrying along yeah, on like a mattress. Yeah, that's a litter. Yeah, yeah. the the people that yeah. are it's run over by a litter of uh, being like slaves being carried carrying a litter of, of <laughs> with a white person on top. That's that's American exceptionalism, oh. and <laughs> that's you, where it comes from. It's by, by the way, yeah, that's not nearly as comfortable as it looks. Good to know, Mr. Mike. Yeah, it, just, I'm just saying. Having been honestly, and 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 you know what? It's not great being up on the litter on the on the mattress either. <laughs> Very funny. Do you guys remember the Coca Cola ad? Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, John. Are you though? No. <laughs> Do you remember the the, the Coca Cola okay. advertisement? And there were people singing. It was all in harmony. I'd like to teach the world to sing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there was another it. one. Yeah. We are the world. Yeah. Right. And only America would sing a song like that, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I mean. And say that because there, we have diverse were... people here that we are the world instead of, you know. Well, not everybody who was doing that was from America, but still, yes. It's, <laughs> it, 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 it is the kind of thing that was produced. That's in what John was speaking to. Hollywood, yeah. Yeah. It, and when you say integrate other cultures, that implies that those cultures had a choice. Pause for emphasis. We, they, they they had a choice. They could uh, they could comply or they could get trampled. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, so we're moving. That train. is a full range of options. <laughs> yeah. That's all or nothing. Honestly, I really I mean, like this. Litter what thing. else is there? You know? I'm really getting into this whole whole litter uh, metaphor. <laughs> it's like there's a, like a few people on top that are being carried by a bunch of by everyone. People. Yep. They're trampling over the over like realism, and uh, even the people on top are not comfortable. <laughs> no one's really having a good time, but everybody thinks they're having a good and time. And we're going really fast. Oh yeah, they, the <laughs> the slaves are running like hell for multiple reasons. Anyway, the the idea of American exceptionalism is coming like, and I think that America is exceptional in certain ways as well like because i'm from here i have this i've grown up in in this you're tainted miasma (laughs) of um, like america hell yeah you know but there are things that are weird about our country incredibly weird and strange about just the way our government is set up and that is i think that is kind of exceptional but the but when most people 
talk about American exceptionalism. We're smarter. We're better. We we do this. We do this. We do this. And I didn't do that. No, that's why I said the yeah. people. I didn't yeah. say you. So. No, I'm. I'm. But I'm like, oh, thank God, I could have yeah. said that, but I didn't. <laughs> Again, I choose my. I choose my words very carefully. Um. So, but yeah, people think like where we ha- we have the smartest people and we have the best jobs we make the best stuff and it's not true we we are exceptional just like other countries are exceptional in their own way in their own way everybody's exceptional in yeah, their own everybody way everybody ha- like the 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 world every country has uh things that they do that are special or things about them that are special and uh, this whole thing about American exceptionalism, there are other countries that have that sense. It's just not as strong because we're basically teenagers in on the world stage. We think we can do anything. We're 200, yeah. 250 years old. How I don't, I don't, I don't do math. I'm American. I don't do math. So 245 yeah. from uh, 1776. So, so we're, so let's go. Yeah. We're 245 years old. Uh, other countries are hundreds and hundreds of years old. Thousands. Thousands of, exactly. China. Um, and Egypt. some, some countries are, dawn of man kind of old so the way that we are right now i kind of equate to us going into a period where we're just children but we have just all these weapons (laughs) and everybody has to listen to us everybody coddles us and everything anyway i've I've gone off the rails but american american exceptionalism is we we are born out of uh, our our belief in exceptionalism. Well, and not talking about the ways in which I think we are uh, exceptional, um, you know, on a world historical stage. Uh, we are the the richest, wealthiest, uh, you know, political entity that's ever existed, ever. You yeah. know, N- you know, we have staggering amounts of money. And because you mean per capita, because there are countries both. that are richer than no, us, but no, there aren't per capita. No, what's that? The United States still has the is still the wealthiest nation that has ever been. Right. So, but not per capita, because there are small countries that oh, have sure. like, all yeah. the money. That's yeah. not the point, though. So. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm I'm just trying to make sure we know that what we're talking. Yeah, yeah, about. yeah. No, no, not not per capita, though. Yeah. Uh, I I you know the median wealth for. Uh, um, most American for for Americans is, I think, still higher than a lot of the rest of the world, and also just because of <clears throat> the way uh, we have uh, we're we're at you know after several hundred years of of cultural and technological innovation, so we have radio broadcasts, you know, we have uh, a whole world powered by electricity and all kinds of uh, luxuries and conveniences. That were simply unimaginable, even you know, 150 years ago. Don't you think and, and, our, our um, slip is showing a little bit? Oh, absolutely, though? absolutely. You know, in tons what do you mean a little bit? Broadband, you know, what bridges you, and what do you mean airports? A bit? <laughs> no, no. I, the, the, like, <laughs> yeah, like, like, say, I'm not saying the United States is cutting edge. You know, at least not in all respects. Not anymore. Yeah, not anymore. Well, I, you know, we are no longer the only develop the, the no longer the only uh, 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 
industrial technological economy in the world that wasn't blown to crap by World War II. Yeah, you said, well, I was just about to break in with, you know, <laughs> I mean, that makes a huge difference. And yeah. that's a big part of where the whole idea of American exceptionalism comes from. You know, like we had atom bomb, we, we developed the atom bomb and we hadn't had, you know, we hadn't lost tens of millions of people or had, you know, whole cities reduced to rubble. No setbacks. Yeah. Yeah. Our manufacturing, although the reason we have, we had such a huge manufacturing industry uh, in the 60s and 70s is because nobody else had the infrastructure. Right. <laughs> and we and we goosed it up to get through World War II and provide yeah, everybody right. with everything. Exactly. And and we didn't demobilize after World War II. That's one big difference. Yeah. Mm. Um, and that's actually something uh, – well, that's, that's a whole other kettle of fish. But like demobilizing after war – uh, was sort of the pattern, and it's a thing we didn't do after World War II for a v variety of reasons, one or two of which weren't terrible, but, you know. Any event, the point is, the United States, we are the beneficiaries of... Uh, timing? Yeah, timing, but, you know, this... World War II. This incredible... Uh, uh, so, this the society made possible by all this technology, like you know, and we're not the most populous country in the world, but we have we are a huge nation, like geographically, uh, uh, demographically, and uh, technologically, and all these things are 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 true. There's never been a country like the United States. There's never been an overall standard of living like the United States. And, you know, there are lots of problems with with the uh, uh, underpinning of that standard of living, you know, with fossil fuel use and pollution and whatnot. And we don't share the resources anything like fairly. That's all true. But, you know, uh, even people who are living in crappy conditions in the U.S., you know, are still like have indoor running water. And not you know, on, not on the Indian reservations. I I I don't disagree with that. I know, but I'm just saying, like the vast majority, average. vast majority of Americans live in places with running water and electric lighting, and those are by no means a sub. You know, those don't create a good life. You know, a, a happy life on their own. But on the other hand, I'm just saying, you know. Queen Elizabeth I of England didn't have either of those things, and boy, would she have wanted them, you know? Like, you know, uh, uh, good dental care. I mean, too many Americans can't get that, but, like, the ability to actually get good dental care, you know, George Washington would have loved that, you know? Oh, they made him a few wooden teeth. Uh, they, they, they made him a set of appliances using teeth pulled from slaves. Uh, so that was fun because, uh, you know, he's such a scamp. Um uh, I'm sorry. I just Did you say a scamp. I he's oh he's the living end. Yeah. Oh Washington. Oh, oh you with these, your exploitation I, and such murder a card. <laughs> <laughs> is this Bidenisms? Yeah, I, I th returning this, this to sayings of, sayings of old. <laughs> I, this, this is me trying not to spiral off into sputtering indignation and settling on like a about our first president i okay. use anachronistic terms all the time <laughs> i say nifty on a daily basis no, see, that's my vintage <laughs> so i don't even hear it it's it's <laughs> part of his highfalutin act 
Yeah, 23 skidoo, kiddo. Oh, my God. Anyway, so... <laughs> you guys are just trying to make me feel at home, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> anyway, so the, the point is, yeah, America is exceptional. You know, like, can you imagine... All right, you like, we're used to this, but I mean, you see photos of the Earth at night, and so much of the United States glows in the dark because of electric lighting, you know? And a hundred years ago, you probably wouldn't have seen any of that. When was electricity? Nineteen ten. Electric. Well, they started to electrify cities in uh, the eighteen seventies and eighties. That was DC. They switched to AC. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But certainly by the eighteen eighties, they they were starting to use AC, an AC power grid, and whatever. But regardless, you know, maybe you'd see a few scattered. Uh, blinking lights here and there, but like, you know, you can trace the whole outlines of large chunks of the world, especially uh, our political divisions based on, you know, the lights and just all of this. We don't appreciate how extraordinary that is. I, I think a lot light of the pollution. Yeah. Well, light pollution too is, you know, a, 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 like a minor problem in the grand scheme of things, but yeah, you know, it'd be nice to do good astronomy and I'm sure the birds would appreciate it if we turned off the darn lights sometimes. But, um, you know, uh, I just think, think, uh, general Milley's statement is about let's keep track of what's important. Let's take a moment to look at what's different and what's important about us. And America is not exceptional in our sad history of racism and slavery. That's, uh, that's been a, a a hallmark of uh civilization, you know, societies and circumstances, sort of an average all around here? the world for the past half a millennium. But nevertheless, <clears throat> it is worth talking about, and it is worth understanding. And the more we fight against taking time to think about these things, the more we have political leaders like Congressman Matt Gates, uh, uh, who. He only has one interest and has nothing to do with right. anything. Yeah. Right. Um, I, I'm sorry, congressman and, you know, uh, accused uh, uh, child sex trafficker. <laughs> wow. I mean, that's a true statement. That's that's that still just weirds me out. I mean, so just, he's referring. So on, uh, I forget the it, it was a woman on MSNBC. She um, and uh, they were talking. They. They were talking about the general's comments, and she said, "This these comments are um, in response to uh, statements made by accused child sex trafficker Matt Gates." Oh, so she put the qualifier right on the front. Yeah, that's it. and that was MSNBC. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, technically correct. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah. Ugh. <laughs> or, or no, no, not accused. Alleged. Alleged. She, yeah. she said alleged. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, chef's kiss yeah. right there. So, so good to have a Joint Chiefs of Staff who isn't, you know, tear gassing people so that we can get a photo op at right. the church down that, the street. That, that is or marching with them. That is also a good I thing. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. It's a, um, you know, he's still, Refreshing. you know, a general, but, you know, like. Educated general. Yep. So <laughs> military guy, no strategy. Tactics. So yes. so veering well off a little bit. Um, Mattis was well read too. Yeah. Right. No. We, there's there's the, been plenty of smart people running the U.S. military for some time. Colin Powell. You know. Yeah. Uh, you know, smart guy, capable guy. Um, I was one of the reasons why I was so disappointed in his 
speech to the UN about aluminum tubes and so Oh, it ruins his reputation. There are smart so. guys that that's are in charge of uh, bombing innocent people. And that's true, too. <laughs> but um, sort of pivoting a bit, talking about uh, acknowledging truths and looking at them uh, openly and critically, um, did you guys hear about the building collapse in Miami? Yeah, that was on the news when yeah. I got up this morning. Yeah. Wicked. And they still, they have, they're, they're, was it up to 159? 159 people missing. are missing is, is, yeah. you know. And I saw the well pictures all, of it coming down yeah. and it's like, holy, yeah. something it's amazing was to really th- wrong. Right. It's amazing to think that anybody was, was survived. And would you live in a, in a sister building at this point? If they don't know what it was, well, and and there is a at this point they're saying we have no idea what the problem is. The building's forty years old, and it's in the process of reinspection. And you know there aren't any things that are fly, you know red flags at the moment. Um, I just got to look at that and say like it's in Miami, it's in it's on the beach. It's a, it's near the beach, so it's near the water. It's, it's in a, on sand. It was sinking a little bit. They said I, it was sinking tiny, I, I, two I, millimeters I, a year. But. Right. Um, and I just like, you know, uh, sea levels rising and... Oh, so it would maybe unweight the um, sand a little bit that's under it. Well, Usually and, they sink and, pylons and, that are almost you well, know, and that, deep. And all that uh, terrain, I believe, is limestone. Yeah, yeah. So I Acid just... Acid wash of the limestone, yep, disintegrates You know, that. it's way too early to know, and so... Hypothesis. I, I, am, I am speculating. I there am, were uh, reports of people um, that have been... That were... Basically, uh, there were uh, reports of people complaining about uh, building upkeep, um, like way before this happened. Like the building was, there's a possibility that the building was like a slum anyway. Yeah. Well, and well, with $600,000 apartments, that's amazing. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Was also, it's in Florida. I would not live in a sister building in that uh, because it would be in Florida. (laughs) <laughs> well, and I, I believe actually uh, one of the people living there was uh, related to like uh, the I can't remember, but the president of the of some South American nation actually. Like so, there's you know some dignitaries, some yeah, um, or family of the dignitaries. Um, so you know, I it's it's too early to know, and. I guess I'm honestly being a little irresponsible just by even bringing it up. But just I really my first thought was like, oh, okay, climate change, climate change, because Miami is one of the one of the top uh, 10 cities in the world that's going to be most severely affected by it, especially because of sea level rise. And one of the things you'd uh, one of the things I would expect to see would be buildings, you know, older buildings collapsing because of water undermining their foundations. Uh, I, I just, the thing I'm surprised about is uh, the initial reports I've heard haven't suggested that anybody heard, you know, there weren't any cracks or in the foundation or I didn't hear any creaking there, or whatever. And what, I would think there would, there would have been some kind of warning signs before it just all went, there was suddenly comes down. One like this that. morning and I think it was on a CBS news station oh? and it was uh, somebody who their mom or their partner or their sister lived in the building and they were on the phone with them, and they 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 had gotten woken up from a big cracking noise, and it was probably three or four hours before the. Oh and wow! So that, that was it was just a phone report from okay. a family member, and they said that they had reported that it was a loud crackling, uh, you cracking know. noise. Yes, and yeah, that would and be. And it woke them up. Yeah, and they went back to sleep. Unfortunately, but, uh, that's a yeah. Yeah, it's too. I mean, they'll 
probably think about that forever. But I, so I go to a different place. You go to climate change, which I think is a good theory, you know, quicksand and what happens when you, you know, even when you have an earthquake, it, it makes it like, right. I don't, th- yeah. And I don't think yeah. they get earthquakes in Florida, but I mean, yeah. you know, the rising, rising, yeah. the rising tides the and, yeah, and, the, and the hurricanes that come through and my understanding, yeah, like that is a, a beachfront property and the whole area yeah. is kind of a, that side is kind of a the beach. sandbar breakwater kind of thing. You yeah. know, it's, it's the kind of, it's the, it's the part of the city that's going to, take the most of the brunt of the, the rising waters and whatnot. But so, what do you think about it? So two quick things. One sure. is that Boston is um, um, below sea level, as you know. It's a lot of fill. And Trinity Church actually has a wet foundation on purpose. Yeah. And that's how it's it's kept level is actually it's a floating foundation of Trinity Church. So a lot of people don't realize that, but it's really fantastical oh. engineering. So water alone doesn't necessarily... Oh, good point. You mean those things. But the where I go... The back bays, one of these days, it's all going to go... <laughs> yeah. I hate to start that rumor. Um, there'll be some good um, property there. Right. Um, two th- actually, two more things. One, quickly, there's a book, 2040, that's uh, um, one of those books about uh, futuristic, crazy times. Uh-huh. And it's about New York City with the water level higher. And it's very fascinating because people live in buildings that are semi-submerged and there's a whole architecture around it. It's like came out probably two years ago. And it's a... You know, sort of a, um, what do you call a national bestseller, 2040. It's about New York City. And the third thing I was going to say, which I've probably forgotten. Oh, so where I actually go is um, Florida has had many occasions where a hurricane reveals that the local building codes were not Mm -hmm. enforced properly. And so everybody in the area loses their roof. And it turns out it's a building inspector that didn't make sure they have the little things that tie down roofs and Mm -hmm. hurricanes and all that. So I go to um, uneven enforcement you know, sort of a um, building code, you know, sort of like the World Trade Center's got, um, they got variances to put um, only, they they were supposed to have four um, stairwells and they only had two and the city signed off on it and they put them more centered to the, the buildings, you know, in the middle of the building floors. And so both of the World Trade Centers really didn't meet code in terms of stairwells. I didn't know that. Yeah. And they got, you know, because they were had money and influence and it was the financial district they actually got waivers on it so the the stairwells weren't um sufficient for the building heights and sizes so so hmm. i i always go there i always go you know some crazy regulation that either wasn't enforced or well and law and order if if break down a law and order <laughs> if television can be believed back in the 80s miami was uh, kind of a Wild, westy, lawless, freewheeling kind of place. Drugs and uh, yeah, yeah. So who knows what what kind of building shenanigans they are up to? So forty years. What's that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Nineteen eighty. Nineteen eighty one is forty years ago. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> so that's that's been a, a a little digression there, and I'm uh, thinking maybe we should take a short break here in the middle of the show. So we're gonna play some PSAs, promos, and station IDs to keep the FCC happy. But then we'll be back with more civil politics here on Valley Free Radio in just a couple of minutes. So don't go away. We'll be right back. VFR listeners, this is Bob Balo. I'm at the controls in the VFR studio every Monday morning from 6 till 9 a.m. I play music and I talk. And I give the time and temperature. Also, I drink a lot of coffee. Then I go home. But I faithfully return Every Monday morning, 6 till 9 a.m. on Valley Free Radio, 
WXOJLP Northampton. COVID-19 has changed how we live and how we feel, but now there are vaccines and they are the first step that lets us get back to the things we miss most, like spreading the word without spreading concern, girls tripping instead of solo sipping, and talking smack with a side of mac and cheese. It's okay to have questions about COVID-19 vaccines. Now, get the facts. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision when COVID-19 vaccines are available to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. At the Northampton Survival Center, we believe that no one should choose between paying bills or buying food. En el Northampton Survival Center, creemos que nadie debería elegir entre pagar sus cuentas o comprar alimentos. We supply free groceries for people in 18 Hampshire County communities in a safe outdoor distribution. Proveemos comestibles gratis a personas en 18 comunidades del condado de Hampshire en una distribución segura y al aire libre. For information about grocery pickup or delivery, call 413 586-6564 or visit NorthamptonSurvival.org Para información sobre recogida o entrega de comestibles llame al 413-586-6564 o visítenos en NorthamptonSurvival.org If the challenges of the past year have left you needing help we are here for you Si las dificultades del año pasado lo han llevado a necesitar ayuda estamos aquí para usted This is Professor Howard Zinn. The independent, non-commercial radio station you're listening to is really important in the maintenance of democracy. Thomas Jefferson once said, an informed democracy will behave in a reasonable manner. So if you care about being informed, if you care about democracy, if you're a reasonable person, you are, of course. Please support your source for uncensored news and views and the voice of your community. As the COVID-19 vaccines become available, you may be asking yourself, should I get it? Will it help me get back to doing the things I love, like meeting friends or traveling? And can I do it without putting my family at risk? You've got questions. That's normal. So visit GetVaccineAnswers.org for the latest information on the COVID-19 vaccines. Getting back to the moments we miss starts with getting informed. It's up to you. A message brought to you by the Ad Council and the CDC. Do you gamble more often and longer than you planned? Have other people suggested you may have a gambling problem? Do you wish you could stop or cut down your gambling, but you just can't? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you may have a gambling problem. We understand the problem. We can help. We're the Mass Council on Compulsive Gambling. Please call us at 1-800-426-1234 or chat with us online at masscompulsivegambling.org. The confidential helpline number is 1-800-426-1234. You have the right to know. The right to know about culture. The right to know about the economy. The right to know about technology and to know about sports. You have the right to know about education and politics and the weather. You have the right to know what's happening abroad and in your backyard. But above all else, you have the right to know that this right is under attack and we must work to protect it. Because in order to be free, we must be informed. Understand the threats. ProtectPressFreedom.org From the one-ups to the hit points, Kadesh Flow to Mega Ram. Press Start to Continue gives you two full hours of the best in video game remixes and nerdcore hip-hop. Join Morlock every Monday night at 9 on Valley Crew Radio 103.3 FM and check out the show archives at starttocontinue.com. Press Start to Continue, bringing nerd music to the masses.
Forbes Library offers free access to computers, and now they are equipped with tools to make them easier to use if you are blind or have low vision. When you come into Forbes Library, you will find computers with JAWS screen reading and magnification software installed. Trained library staff are available to get you started. These services were brought to you with federal funds provided by the Institute of Museum and Library Services and administered by the Massachusetts Board of Library Commissioners. Call 413-587-1012 to find out more. And we're back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. Uh, John Roberts is still pushing the buttons. Sue Timberlake is still holding down the right wing. And I'm still... (laughs) And I'm still out here as a crazy liberal idealist going, hey, you know, maybe we shouldn't exploit the poor so much. (laughs) Yeah, you say maybe. (laughs) Guess. I I say... I don't want to be too aggressive. (laughs) What the market will bear. That's where I stand. Well, funny you should mention that, because as far (laughs) as the market bearing things... Oh, yes. I have bears attacking my house, so I guess I've got a bear market. Yeah, I guess you do. (laughs) I hate you both. I hate you both. (laughs) That's bull. (laughs) I hate you both. (laughs) So, um... I haven't seen the bears touch my electric fence yet, but unfortunately a squirrel was climbing up and was taking the easy way. And he, I saw him go to put his little paws on my little electric. It's a personal yeah. responsibility. It is personal responsibility. Yep. And I went like this. No, no, no. You can't see me at home. I'm like, no, don't do it. Because I knew he, his feet were on the window yeah. ledge, which is metal. doesn't matter if he didn't know better or not. Personal responsibility. <laughs> no, I don't care. And and He his, can die if he wants. He, the minute his toenails touched it, he flew back about five feet, yeah. landed on the yard. And I'm like, oh, thank God it's like the really minor electric fan. it's just Honestly, to give the bear nose a tickle you know it's yeah, really that's thank god it's kind of it's ac not dc otherwise yeah. Yeah. oh no it's seven thousand volts that's huge yeah. it's just quick and low amps and okay it's so, I, I kind of find that funny i'm i'm a bad person <laughs> he did. And, he, and it was almost like he was flying you know like a flying squirrel he had his mm-hmm. arms out like this but there were nuts all over the yard for him so yeah. he didn't need to get up yeah. on the window he was yeah. just looking to see what there was but i just it was that moment of, oh, my God, what have I done? R- remind me, af- after the show, there's uh, some fun things on YouTube where a guy was building, like, obstacle courses for the squirrels in his backyard. To- oh, keep them busy. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, Well, they keep trying. It's their life's work. So, Yes. Well, they're hungry. So, um, Not mine. Not mine are pudgy. <laughs> that doesn't stop them. So, uh, but speaking of, you know. That that work ethic and whatnot, there's been a lot of complaints from Republicans the evil Republicans. Sorry. Um, Guilty. <laughs> and proud of it. Worked so, through the whole pandemic. <laughs> exactly. But uh, complaining about how uh, the extra $300 a week in unemployment benefits from the government is uh, creating lazy and shiftless uh, workers uh, throughout America. And, I think 600 yes, but 300 probably not. Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just yeah. trying to provoke you guys. Well, uh <laughs> So, uh, and a number of states have decided that they're just going to end the uh, extra unemployment benefits early. Uh, you know, September's before the federal government. when they're due, right? The, yeah. the government, ex- the, the federal government extended them through September, and several states are, are wrapping them up now. But uh, uh, President Biden actually had some uh, helpful advice 
for people who are like, well, you know, uh, uh, you know, people can't find anybody to work. Right. Exactly. And that's a problem that people are shiftless and lazy and whatnot. So we got it. Asking me, and I'm not being critical of you all. I really mean this. It was legitimate questions you're asking me. Asking me, well, you know, guess what? Employers can't find workers. I said, yeah, pay them more. This is an employee's, employee's bargaining chip now. What's happening? They're going to have to compete and start playing hardworking people a decent wage. And by the way, talk of inflation, the overwhelming consensus is going to pop up a little bit and then go back down. No one's talking about this great, great deal. You know. So, again, if it turns out that what I've done so far, what we've done so far, is a mistake, it's going to show. It's going to show the economy's not going to grow like it wasn't before. People aren't going to have jobs with increased pay like it was before. People are going to be out of work like it was before with no options. Unemployment's going to continue to climb instead of continue to go down. If that happens, then my policies didn't make a lot of sense. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with our, our president there. Uh, you know, uh, uh, if companies got to pay, uh, pay workers more, you know, it's, it's, if you've got a free market for labor and, uh, as supply shrinks, uh, relative to demand, demand's got to spend more money to make the supply grow again, make it more enticing. No, I think, he, I think he's really right with that. I do agree with him that if his policies don't work, we're going to be back in a, in a morass. And then like Reagan, you know, one of my party will run against him saying, are you better off today than you were? And then fill in the blanks. So yeah, I think a lot of his policies are inflationary and we will have trouble with them, but he's perfectly correct in saying, pay them more. You know, if, if that's, if that's what the relationship is, that's what you got to do. So yeah, there's a there's a there's a lack of uh, supply. There's a lot of folks that are out of work that that are a little rusty. I mean, they've been out almost for a year and a couple of months probably at this point. So what do you mean a little rusty? When you go back into a job market after you haven't worked for a while, it's actually it is tough on you. It's very hard to sort of re put the put the yoke back on. And but that's mm-hmm. not that's not the that's not what people are saying. People are saying that uh, there nobody wants to work. Because they're getting they're they're getting too much unemployment. They, yeah. Nobody wants to work. I know I know people are saying that. I'm saying yes, there is a labor shortage right now, and I was also saying that the people who you do get to come in are a little rusty because they haven't been working for quite a few months. I guess. Yeah, it's a little hard for them to get up at no, it's seven in the morning every morning and or or whenever. I uh, I two things to say. One, uh. I'm not saying that pejoratively. You know, I'm just saying that that's uh, it's a hard thing to uh, transition as, back to. As I've mentioned on this show, you know, I spent several years basically not working because I was spending a lot of time with my mom taking care of her. Well, that's working. Sick. Yes, but it wasn't like going into a job. But there were even in that period because I was also you know part owner of a comic book store. There were a few times where I went in and worked a few shifts because like we needed somebody. And I'm like, ah, I can do that. So you know, I would go and I would stand there behind the counter. And I got to tell you. Even working for myself in a job that I like and that I'm good at and have, you know, can do in my day. sleep. I just like, <laughs> you know, start starting at 1030 by like, you know, 330, 4 o'clock. I was like, I, I'm ready to be done. You know, I'd like to stop now. 
And I had to keep going because, you know, like I'm working till six and just that's the schedule. And yeah, it was, it's hard. As soon it's as you hard. don't have to be doing that, it's hard to, 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 to pick it up again. It's hard to I don't understand what this has to do with what Biden was saying. I was just enhancing it, you know, digressing to digressing. Okay. <laughs> things that are happening in the job market and the people attribute, yeah. people might attribute other things to them, but it is, it is tough to come back from being unemployed. For it's tough time. to go. I, as someone that hasn't worked, like that has had lo like longer stretches of unemployment, it is harder to come back. But the, the main point is that people do want to go back. Yeah, it's a it, this isn't a that that's not a barrier for a lot of people. They want like they might it might be tough to do, but they want to. The thing is that they won't if it's not worth it. And the job market is not worth it. And especially it, the dangers up until you could get vaccinated. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like nobody wants to work minimum wage if they don't have to because minimum wage is horrible. It's not sustainable. So if you're saying, well, I get unemployment that I can feed my family with this or I can work 50 hours a week to get the same amount of money or less or less. Why am I going to get a job? Which is the point? Like, that's what it should be. But this is this is actually and I was telling Mike before the show, like business in this country or just in general have been spoiled. They don't they haven't had to actually think about trying to entice people in well, a very long time. Some have because there were shortages. I'm I'm talking yeah. on average, average and especially low low paying jobs. They haven't had to entice people to work at McDonald's or something. You know, they haven't had to really entice people. They they could they they'll just say you want to work, you can work. And if you don't want to work, then other people want to work. There's plenty of other people. Yeah. And they don't, haven't had – so now business owners and people that are aligned with more business business um, people like politicians that are more worried about business than people, then they're like, what's going on? We don't know what's – pay them more. Say that you're going to re like pay them more or not make them work tons of hours. How, like benefit like anything like you I, need to actually you need to work now you i can't swear just sit back the default model for how american businesses think of themselves as workplaces and 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 like the managerial default culture in america i i think really is basically uh uh sort of evolved directly out of the the view of of, of slave owners you know just like you know, well, you got to make sure that they're they're all they're not idle that they keep working and whatnot because you know idleness is bad and you know it's bad for their character and you know and just I I just I really think it's that that same kind of attitude towards their workers maybe maybe you know like a with a a bit of a remove you know like less overt racism less uh, uh you know acceptance of horrific violence directed at your whim against your your employees and whatever but but ultimately just the idea of like you know the workers must be sternly kept in hand otherwise chaos will ensue and it'll be bad you know i would say that it's it's thinking about that i would say it's more of the um puritan uh 
aspect of because oh, we're in New England. Um, well, no, just like the, this country has a lot of that just baked in, and it's just uh, in in there is the abusive relationship for workplaces in a lot of workplaces in like I said, especially low paying or um or service industry. Uh, there's a lot of abuse from uh the business to the workers that happen. There's also a lot of guilt tripping and a lot of people saying like you have to you have to uh come in early or you have Put to in the do hours this to get ahead. Yeah, if you're going to be a good person, you have to do this, you know. There are people that have that I saw someone tweeting like uh young people they should take advantage of their youth and uh and work weekends to get ahead. And people are like, "Why? No." Yeah. <laughs> that's that's horrible. Don't tell people to do that on their own on like of their own volition. Yeah. Like why what are you doing? And that is more of a that is like a you work, you are your job. Like in America we say like what do you do? Yeah. That's that really shouldn't be the people first. identify as their job. Yeah. We they shouldn't do that. They should like there there's more to being so I would say that in addition to that abusive relationship, there's also the um just the overall sense of like if you want to be a good person and the president has it says this stuff too it really upsets me if you want to be a good person then you then you have to get a job and work hard yeah so uh so the dignity of work see, I, so there weren't any slaves on the mayflower but plenty of puritans you know who settled in the masters bay colony uh, you know slavery was absolutely part of that story but also even when people weren't slaves there were plenty of people who were indentured servants which was Better than being a slave, but not like you eventually could buy your way out. Allegedly. Well, yeah, and you weren't you were never somebody's property. So the the kinds of violence that, that could be directed. Well, even then, it, like the kinds of violence that could be directed against you was, uh, you know, was, was much more circumscribed because you were still a person. But nevertheless, it was not good. So I look at this a little differently than you guys. Okay. So, um, so you're you're sort of saying, you know, people are good or people are want to work or they don't or they me they measure their utilities and make decisions based on that. You know, whether you can feed your kids or not. I think of it more generationally that my parents uh, suffered through the depression, so they had a work ethic that was a little different than mine. Um, born of terror. It was born of terror. And people that hoard a little bit, you know, some of it's that experience for them. Mm -hmm. You know, for my generation, we were probably spoiled a lot and um, didn't always buck up and go to war when we were told to go to war. And we, you know, did a lot of things. Didn't always? You didn't, you know, famously you didn't. <laughs> famously we didn't. But I'm saying I think there's a generational thing that some of it has to do with your experience in your childhood, if you were poor and you had a single mom and she was working like crazy trying to keep you fed, you know, you might be very inspired to never be in that position. I know quite mm -hmm. a few people that were very poor growing up and they are terrified of ever being in that position. And it makes them view things very differently than I might. And I, we were very poor, but I always had, I always had something to eat, usually fried bologna. So are you saying that's a, positive? No, I'm saying that I think people are different based on some generational stuff that was going on. Just like America as an adolescent did very well because we manufactured for the rest of the world. I'm saying that kids, depending on how they grew up and where they grew up, have different pers 
uh, relationships to work, some of whom never saw their dad because they were always at work, are bent and determined to spend more time with their kids, you know, or people that lost their parents young. I'm I'm just saying that it's a much more, you like the word granular, It's I think it's much more complex than right now nobody wants to work or right now, you know, everybody's making the comparison or they're not paying enough. I think everybody values that in their own way. And so for me, you know, trying to do something that I wanted to do, which I couldn't really do when I was in a professional career, you know, that's a motivator for me. I'm putting Michael to sleep. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just, <laughs> yeah, no. You know. But that I'm just saying that sometimes, you know, there's these big waves of things that you can see happening, like this huge unemployment because of COVID. But look at the poor folks that worked through the whole thing, the essential workers, and they didn't get any raises pretty much for that. Nope. They, sh- they should have gotten a, you know, what do you call it? Combat pay? Hazard pay. Hazard pay for that. And, I, you know, I very the market, much agree. Essential the, workers who are nevertheless being treated like crap. Yep. And and those, the, the market, the labor market and the um, supply market are sticky. You know, it's kind of lumpy and bumpy and... So I, I always look at that and I think, well, what about the people I know? What, what are they doing? What have they all done? And they pretty much are reacting the same way they'd react any time. The artists were sort of hanging back and being creative and, you know, not going to work. And, you know, people like me were um, inspired to try and find a job the minute I got laid off and, and get another job. And it's just I'm always going to be like that. I don't, I don't know how that fits into the patterns. I think people do those, make those decisions based on their own life experiences. I think and generational PS- and, PTSD. And generational PTSD. There's, there's also an issue of pay, of how much the people are putting worth on, on the worker. When in, in different generations, the, the floor of pay was higher. Oh yeah, seventies. The minimum wage was a lot more money exactly. than it is now. There were the taxes were different. The, college the, was cheaper. College mm-hmm. housing yeah. was cheaper. Exactly everything. I mean, the housing market is insane Cars right now. Cheap. It's you like could buy a Porsche for twenty five fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah, it's twenty five percent above market, like for for a for in a lot of areas for for housing, just across the board because of various reasons. But like that, when we're talking about people doing the calculus of wanting to go back to work and wanting to stay um, on unemployment, we have to think about the amount of money that people are offering for that work. I personally, if I lose a job, if I could work, when I lost a job, I would immediately go get another job because I want to work. I want to earn. I want to contribute. And But if I could only get... A seven twenty five, seven twenty five. Step down from what you were. Yeah, if I was getting more money from being unemployed and being able to pay more bills and being able to work is secondary to me surviving, and that is the difference. People are trying to survive because our economy is, you know, getting better, but it was tanked. the The amount of people that could work, even if they were essential. There were no jobs. Everything there were, was closed. Well, mm-hmm. that's the thing. Like everything was closed. And if you were a central worker, you still – you didn't get paid anymore. Like why stores. would you do it? So when people are saying – and that's that's the thing. Like when you can say 
we like generationally and the aspect of wanting to work versus not wanting to work it's right now the main issue is how much workers are valued and they aren't they aren't at all it had become a commodity less than that Mm. it's just throw people away we're not going to pay any more get another one yeah and businesses opening their their main offices in in states that are right to work and there's no bargaining that the employees the employees had no power did you hear they changed the at will law and i forget what state just just this past week so you can't fire um fast food workers I forget what state it is. It it was bargained for. It's very interesting, and it's not. It's across the industry Mm. that you can't. They're not no longer at will. I can't remember. I think might be Illinois. Well, either way, the 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 point is that it's right now. the The issue isn't do I want to work? uh, Where do I want to work? How much do I want to work? It's can can the job that I can get pay enough for me to to do whatever I like to do what I need to do or is unemployment providing for me more and if unemployment is providing for you more then you're then why would you work and but the people most people want to work they want to the labor market I I think most people want to yeah the labor market's being blown up by people being rational economic actors (laughs) I am we're not prepared for that (laughs) <laughs> working working is incredibly painful for me. Yeah. I cannot work. I dream about working. Yeah. And we love what you do for us. I like I would love to have a job. Sometimes I dream about having a cubicle job. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm getting you a Dilbert com- I want the oh, to <laughs> Please do not. That guy is horrible. Do not give Anybody That's right where I went was to Dilbert. Horrible. And, horrible. And, and, and speaking of horrible, as we wrap up, I just want to mention Derek Chauvin's been sentenced to 22 and a half years for the murder of George Floyd. So that's a bit of good news. I mean, in a sad, sad news kind of way, it's good news. Well, um, and there's civil rights charges against him, so he may actually end up with life eventually if yeah. all the federal charges stick to Anyway, we do have to wrap up because uh, we've got uh, Wendy coming in to do uh, subculture shortly, uh, followed by uh, Mark doing table of contents at 10 and then uh, DJ Panic doing OK Asia at midnight. So, uh, yeah, that'll be cool. Anyway, uh, that's going to do it for Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. Uh, we've got a podcast going out over the services uh, Monday in the early hours. And then uh, we've got a rebroadcast Mondays at four. So listen to us all over again. But that'll do it for now. Thanks for listening. Good night. Civil Politics is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com.